It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans and this is happy hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar today, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is the home of Not Your Mama's Frosé. The Frosé is a perfect summer drink, which is a frozen cocktail made with dry rosé, vodka, St. Germain, Peychaud's bitters, lemon juice, and a house-made strawberry basil syrup. And I'm sorry to tell you that nobody here at the table today has one. I didn't hear I'm, the advertisement. I'm a little shocked. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, you didn't get the message about the Frosé. We can have that as your second drink. Yeah, we'll get that. Doesn't it sound t- enticing? Very refreshing. I listened to uh, the last episode this morning on the way in. Yes. And I was like, that sounds delicious. The frosé. And you forgot by the time you got here. I, I, I kind you of just was, went for the Moscow, uh, yeah, Moscow the, mule. The vodka, yeah. 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 This is the voice of Jeff, Jeff Janusik. Am I pronouncing that you correctly? You nailed it. Actually, yes. First time. Okay. So everybody in New Orleans wants to meet you, Jeff. <laughs> Hello. Do you realize that? Do you know what this guy does? I see... A few generations ago, it would have been you were the guy who could, like, turn lead into gold or walk on water. You know what? Now everybody wants to meet you because you, Jeff is the person who can increase your social media following in New Orleans to a greater extent than anybody else here. Uh, there's an asterisk there. We're going to try. We're going to try to do it. But you sure. do do it. You're the, you're the king of social media. Grant, you yes. are, you're my new hype man. You're hired. <laughs> really? <laughs> you are hired. Okay. I'd I love, love this. To, I'd love to do that for a job. Let's do it. Okay. Thank it you seem, very much. It seems like it's pretty difficult because nobody can pull it off. Everyone's like, I've well, only got 300 followers on my Instagram account. And it's different for everybody, and, and, and there's a million different ways to do it. And every you know, client, every, every, you have different goals, right? So there's, what do you want to do? You want to get more people to eat at your restaurant? You want more people to... Will you, to will you tell us today on this show in the next hour? All the secrets ha- all of social secrets? media. Okay. Coming. All right. So stick around for yes. that. Yes. I can't wait. Yes. Yeah. Be ready. It's going to be really good. Yeah. And Jeremy Joyce is here, who's a musician, singer songwriter. Yep. Juggler. I juggle. Ju- fiery, no. fire breathing. <laughs> I juggle. Salt swallowing. I do not fire breather. You don't do any swallow. fire breathing or salt swallowing, yeah. but you do write and record music. Yes. I'm very happy to have found you. I'm happy to it's have really, been found. Very, very interesting <laughs> stuff that you're, that you're doing. It's sort of, it's hard to describe, but I would say the underpinning word is intelligent. Oh. So an, take a drink to that, right? Yeah. Jeez, and there you go. Yeah, Cheers to that, everybody. Cheers. It's very, Cheers. very interesting. And Caitlin Carney is here. Hi. 50% of Margie's Grill. 51. 51%. <laughs> really? Yeah. You're the 51% owner and the chef is the 49% owner. And how did you get, come to that arrangement? Well, I'm the CEO. But <laughs> <laughs> what did you have to do? I mean, he's cooking all the food. Yeah, but I'm what, doing everything else. But well, you would think that the food in a restaurant would be the most essential part. You think that he would say, well, "I'm going to be 51 partners." <laughs> really? But how does it work? Is there a profit? And then when the profit gets divided up, you get 51 percent. No, of it? no, no. That's just if everything, if all everything hits the fan, then I have 51 percent. What has to hit the fan? It all goes to shit. But so you're the one in court. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, yeah. 51% yeah. is not a good thing. What would the definition of that be, though? Like, nobody comes to the restaurant and you owe a whole lot of money to people who um, sell you fish. I mean, we've protected ourselves pretty well, so hopefully that's not what would happen. But, but what's, what's the worst thing that could happen for the shit to hit the fan as people stop coming? I would imagine we would all be underwater soon. 
Oh, that? Well, then, then everybody would be screwed, you mean? And you mean if there's, like a, <laughs> there's like worst case scenario, a flood? So the place is on Broad Street. Yes, we've been What's slightly flood underwater before now. Already? Uh, you know, the water comes up to the door, but... Sandbags? We can wade, yes. yes. Sandbags. It hasn't come in yet, though. Uh, just when, like, the sewerage and water board drives down the street really fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've only had 300-year floods this year. Oh, yeah. And yeah. by the so way, the chance of another one what works great on social media is video of those people flooding other people's businesses and, and houses. So you should just step outside Agreed. your restaurant and do that because those people are assholes, right? And everybody loves to hate on them. So yeah. you should totally, absolutely do that. So That's when these people, drive by, these people drive by and make a big wake. Yes. yes. You should be videoing that on your phone. Absolutely. And posting that immediately. Calling them out. Well, the problem ah. is is that no one's going to come to the restaurant for like three days after they see that because they're going to still think that we're underwater. What's worse, a, f- hmm. a flood or a, uh, a bad Yelp review? I would say flood. Yeah. Okay, good. Nobody trusts Yelpers. I lo- cheers to that. There we go. Cheers to that. Right? Bad. Yes. <laughs> cheers to that. Yes. Nobody Except trusts Yelp. Well, I there's mean, a... Have you... Yeah. There's, a, there's a great... Um, I haven't... I think... There's a documentary out, and I don't know the name of it, about how Yelp um, manufactures negative reviews. Mm-hmm. So you pay them to wow. come in yeah. and and say, okay, well, okay, yeah, oh, my God, I got this bad review. I should totally if, – if I pay you, then maybe that will go away, and you can help me get better at it. And so Yelp is kind of seen as a bully, right? Like almost like yeah, a I mean, digital they, mafia. They call incessantly and try and get you to pay them for their services and um – Personally, I just don't even look at it, and it doesn't right. affect us right. at all. So Yelp is a shakedown. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the accusation, and they've they've cre- they're the yellow pages of of the digital age. So they've created this demand, and they and it's going away, which is great. So it's awesome to hear you as a restaurant owner say that because you know five years ago everybody freaked out about Yelp because that was the the go to place for restaurant reviews make or break right and then all this stuff started happening and people started realizing like do i need yelp and now people are actually making fun of yelp and asking people for uh give me a one-star review at my restaurant let's make fun people don't don't really care yeah. too much about it anymore which is a great thing because because someone wrote a bad you, you were a waiter at a restaurant and someone wrote a bad review about you yeah and the restaurant yeah, fired you it wasn't even about me it was about the fact that they didn't have most of, like, many, many things that were on the menu that we didn't have. Yeah, I, wow. I would say that most <laughs> Yelp reviewers would not be local. And then, uh, and so they're going to expect things that maybe you're not going to have. It's just, uh, and, and, and you're the restaurant owner, but as a, from yeah. the social media side, tell me if I'm wrong, th- I, I feel like we live in a world of influencers. We live in a world of Yelp reviewers. Right, and they they come into restaurants and they try to make it like you've got to appease me. You got like I'm here. I can hold the power of reviews, that sort of stuff. But I really would want you know if I owned a restaurant to get both sides of the story. Right, you got to make sure. Okay, so what happened? Here's this uh, Paul B has said that he got punched in the face. Uh, and he came in on Saturday night. So let's go talk to the Saturday night staff. What happened? I know I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't hire somebody to punch somebody in the face. Let's go right. and I would hope that somebody did their due diligence on you before they fired you over a that Yelp review. The most toxic culture. Okay, so there you go. So well, that's <laughs> the issue there. Yeah. Well, right. for me, one, we're a very small restaurant, and Marcus and I, the owners, are extremely involved. So almost every time we've gotten a negative Yelp review, I know exactly what the experience was. And because of that, I know that 
the perceptive the perception is skewed. Um, I think. What, what are people saying about you that is wrong? <laughs> I mean, got punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do they say, really? I mean, other uh, than the food sucks. I haven't sucks. read any in a long time because you um, just don't read them intentionally, like reading a. Well, it's just, it's like, it's an unhealthy relationship. Right. You don't need to know all these things. If somebody, we are very, very attentive to our guests. We check in with them often. We want to make sure that they're having a good time. And if they're not, we are going to deal with it. So if you can't present that to us while you're at the restaurant, then I can't help you. Right. You know, like I, we have had many experiences where we've had to take care of something for someone or made sure to get them something else because it wasn't what they expected. I mean, we're presenting a very unique cuisine to people and we are aware of that. So if if during your experience at Margie's, you ha- didn't feel the moment to like, you know, to tell us that what you were, do- what was, what you were having wasn't enjoyable, then I would say whatever you're going to say on the internet, I don't give a shit. <laughs> what is the general thing that you, someone orders something and it's not what um, they wanted or they don't like it and so they give you a bad Yelp review rather than just... I think that people go out already with the intention to judge. Yep. There's certain people that are going out to have a good time and that's most of our clientele and we love them immensely for that. And then there's a few people that are going out because they have a bone to pick or they're going to go out and they're going to judge everything because it's not the restaurant that they go to every day or whatever. And those are the type of people that are going to take it and like be a reviewer anyways. And they weren't going to have a good time. That sucks. Sucks for them. On your, your, your own Facebook feed, right? All your friends, you have that like small percentage of people who you love reading their posts because it's just a shit show, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, they're (laughs) posting about that. That's amazing. And like, I would never post that, but it's, I mean, they're absolutely living a crazy life, and why are they posting about that? Those are the people that leave the bad reviews. In my experience, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, yeah. is, is it most of the time it's somebody who has an agenda or would rather go to Yelp first and come to you as the, the manager yeah. or the owner and say, hey, look, uh, I had this problem. I just want to let you know, you know, that sort of thing. You know, it's reasonable, reasonable people. Right. So. Zero. Yeah, I checked your Yelp out just to see if there's anything fun <laughs> to pull. Oh, nice. yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Margie. Oh, I go there all you. the time. But um, it seems like some people don't get it. Yeah, well, know? that's the thing. They don't get the and decor. Not, yeah. they don't get, they're like, oh, are it's they bland. Com- are they saying, what are they saying? Like, it's, it's messy? Well, we have a lot of, the like, we have zero match. street appeal. Like, what? There's, like, Coke spilled on the floor. I'm like, no, they're old terrazzo floors. I can't clean them all, you know. Right. <laughs> or, like... You know, they think that everything's overpriced when in reality. Well, it's that's true, right? Yeah, when rea- it's yeah. always overpriced. We're everywhere, you everywhere you go is overpriced now. Well, that's the thing. My dad always said you don't go on vacation to save money, and I've changed it to you don't go out to dinner to save money. <laughs> right. Like, mm-hmm. if you're upset right. about how much you're spending, the price is on the sheet, so just don't spend the money. Why wouldn't you just walk out? You look at it when you walk in. You go, oh my god, I'm not paying fourteen yeah. dollars for a piece well, of Well, and what you're doing is paying like twelve dollars for a plate of chicken. Which you want do to people, pay six dollars for? Do people or complain what? about the price? Really, that's pretty good. It's a good deal. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think. Well, the way that we structure the menu is that everything is a la carte, and you're supposed to order a bunch right. of stuff for the table, and it's mm-hmm. vegetables, and it's protein, and there's not a lot of cream and pasta and these like easy fillers. And I think that that so is where the confusion lies. Up so quickly. Okay, so when you go out to dinner these days, how much should you expect to spend? If you under, Me at a, yeah, what do you I think is a reasonable? I expect to spend 
fifty to seventy-five dollars a person. A per- fifty to seventy-five. A well, person. I mean, like, I'm not going out to dinner all the time. I'm going out to dinner. Well, to you're have working a in a restaurant time. all the time, so you probably. If I was going out to dinner to on a regular basis, I would expect to spend at least thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you think, Jerry? I, I agree. I would 30? regularly, and I do eat out a lot, but. Uh, you know, thirty bucks per person. Yeah, if it's like, like a. But if it's like, yeah, dinner. if it's like, yeah, I'm really taking somebody out to dinner. We're gonna have a good time. Then yeah, right. fifty or seventy-five bucks. Fifty to seventy-five a person. What do you think? I, I, Jeff, I, I live two extremes. So I'm the father of three children. So if, uh. if my wife and I get, my kids are four and twins that are two and a half. So if my wife and I get a time to go out and actually enjoy ourselves. I don't care, right? Let's go into debt. Yeah. I don't care. Let's just have a good time, You're not have some money. Wa- right. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm I'm working day to day and grinding it out and when I'm getting lunch, I'm going for the cheapest possible. So I'm I'm living on both ends of the extreme. So mm-hmm. What you're saying for if I'm going to go out and have a good time, I mean, 50 bucks, 75 bucks a person, that's absolutely. I mean, yeah. Did I have a good time? Did I enjoy myself? That's what it's, that's what it's about. And All what right. about a reasonable lunch? I mean, also too, I like to think that I'm—I mean, I'm not insane. So I do look at the menu, and if I see the the fillet for lunch, that's forty bucks, and I see a right. hamburger that's ten, and I want to save money that day, I'm going to spend the ten bucks. So, to answer your question, I mean, I'm at peace with spending—you know, twelve, thirteen dollars for something if it's a big ass salad. That's really great. Yeah. I mean, so like. I'm not looking out. Like 15 and under. If I want to save money today, I'm going to go get some beef jerky at the corner store or like the, 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 the awesome gas station down the street from, from work where I can get uh, two chicken legs for $1.50. Where's, mm-hmm. your, oh, yeah, where's totally. your office? Propeller, which is a co-working oh, space right Propeller. up the street. Oh, you're so right you're... by us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah. I need to come over to the, to the – I'm such in a hole. And... I know what gas station you're talking about. Right, yeah, it's, it's solid. I mean, like, I mean, can you – that... what are the margins on two chicken legs for $1.50 fried hard? I mean, it depends on the chicken. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I'm I don't want to know about I'm that I'm not asking chicken. questions, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but it's solid. So, like, I do need to come over that way because I'm in this, like, cave of work. And uh, when, I'm, when I bust out, for, I normally don't eat lunch, which is why I'm here. This is my first literal sustenance of the day besides coffee. Mos- Moscow Mule is the first thing you put in your body today. I had some blueberries off my son's plate this okay. morning. That's about it. So, so you haven't got time to eat lunch. You're so busy doing Instagram and... It was a conscious Twitter. decision today. I, this I, I, is pretty typical of people that are on Instagram. Yes, they yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> right, yes, yes. That's the influencers, correct? So, uh, yeah, so anyway. Well, Jeff, I want to talk to you about Instagram in just a minute, but before sure. we go any further, Jeremy, I'm going to make you play a song. Okay. So pick up that guitar. All right, hold and on. And then, okay, go grab your guitar. It's a beautiful looking old guitar. Where does this guitar come from? Uh, it's an old Gibson. I actually bought it in Malibu. Nice. Um, what were you doing in Malibu? I, I was a traveling IT guy for 15 years. Really? Yeah. A bunch of nerds over here. Yeah, really. Nerds over so here. You were in the IT business before you gave it all up for rock and roll. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You gave it all up. I gave it all up. And what yeah. did you do when you say IT? What does that mean? Exactly? I'm more like an um, enterprise kind of work for governments and big companies and stuff like that. Which sort of governments? Like international? Uh, just, just no, it's mostly the, like federal government or state governments and stuff like that. Oh, he's retired from the federal government yeah, after okay. UIT. You know, he's you know, <laughs> right? He's got some... What did you do for the federal government? Nothing exciting at all. But what, what was it? Oh, uh, Writing just, software or... Yeah, fixing up things, upgrading software, you know. Not really. No, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Caitlin, do you have any idea what he's saying? No. I could use one of you. Oh, no. You, you need can't. an IT person. I actually, uh, I an IT person can I tell and you? a social media person. Okay, this is a good day. <laughs> I, can I tell you something funny? I think it was like, um, 
don't know if it was four or five years ago, I deleted my LinkedIn because I'm like, I need people to stop calling me. And uh, so I'm really, I'm, is LinkedIn still a thing? It was, yes. I think, five years yeah. ago, but yeah, I would get so you know, I just deleted it because I was like, I don't want to get called anymore. And you know, you know you so you cut your ties completely with mm -hmm. the straight world. It's just, I was like talking to a buddy of mine who's a software guy in town, and I was like, you know, I've been thinking about it, and then uh, and I was like, you know what. Maybe it's better. Better if I just don't. So you, it frees you though. It's a, it's less. You're not you're not chained by it. like. There's that's a thing too. I want to get to the song here, but that's a yeah. thing too. Is the social yeah. media guilt right? That like you, depression because you're looking at everybody having this amazing life on Instagram. Well, that's and what everybody's sucks skinny. about social media. Yeah. Right. Everyone else is having a great life except me. Right. Exactly. Nobody's we posting all. about the fact that your car right. got flooded or you know you right. broke no, up. No, everybody's in Greece yeah. or like been having. What what. But what I'll say about the, the music lifestyle is like, um, or any type of arts life, I just watched the, uh, not just watched, but the Joan Jett documentary. And when people like ask her about like family life or personal life, she's like, no, I just, I don't do that. You know, I just have the, like this rock, rock and roll lifestyle and that's what I got. That's what I, I gave up all those other things to do this. Right. And what, uh, what, have you, what do you feel like you've given up? You know, I think that, um, well, first of all, you know, any kind of stable income and stable lifestyle. Right, you gave up a stable <laughs> income. Yeah. You know, That's so one you, thing. you That's never. That's pretty serious. Yeah, you know. And, um, and I think once you kind of uh, realize you're a lifer, like, I think there's one thing where it's like, you know, I'm going to do it and then I'm going to hit a point and maybe I'm going to stop. But once you kind of figure out that you're a lifer, you, ju you just know that you're, you're in it through the highs and through the lows. And uh, I think some of my biggest heroes are people that are a little bit older that still that still go out and hit the road and still keep writing and still keep doing it because you know to me they're like they've really developed their craft and uh, I love seeing them work and, and seeing so what they do. When you were in IT this whole time, were mm -hmm. you were you writing songs and playing? Yeah, I was absolutely time? writing tunes all the time. And um, were you the only guy in your business doing something like that, or has everybody got some sort of outlet? Because otherwise, you no. I think a lot of people were just regular people, and I had kind of. Uh, I had kind of gotten into that business because uh, basically I came out of like a you know lower middle class background, and I was good with. Where was this in Philadelphia? Out right outside of Philadelphia, and I was good with numbers, and you know, pretty smart kid. So it was like it was easy for me to get a job in the early 2000s in technology. Right. So, and that was like oh wow, I'm like 21 years old. I'm like making a a bunch of money. All right, this sounds you know that sounds great. You know, and then before you know it, it's like 15 years later, <laughs> and you're like, oh, you know. And then you're like, you know. And I think as you get older, you get into your late 20s and early 30s, you start to think about who you are as a person, you know, versus just like, what do I need to, you know? Right. So. Have you got married or anything in the interim? No, I've always, you know, I've always, I've been pretty much. Uh, I don't know how to describe what my relationship statuses are. But, <laughs> but there's somebody sitting there. Yes. Yes. Um, what are they currently? Let's work backwards. Currently, they're um, pressure. Here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. I it's think. complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Why are you dating anybody? You're not married to anybody. I, I'm kind of dating. Kind of dating, dating somebody. Yeah. yeah. Kind of dating somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it anybody we know? No. Well, I will say I, I have like a um, a, a very wonderful young lady who does not live in town and 
doesn't listen to podcasts. Did you tell her you're going to Oh, she's definitely going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to get so much shit about it. Well, you might as well just tell the truth and see. Tell you tell us you're madly in love with her and everything's going to work out. Where does she live exactly? Oh, Lord. I mean, how far away? It's your mom. It's fine. Okay, you're, cool. holding, you're holding, you're holding, you're yeah, holding. can stand. How far away does she live? I mean, like close or miles and miles away? Grant, I think I could give you all the answers in a song, man. Yes, okay. What's it called? <laughs> this song is called What Love Used to Be and what it's about. And this is especially important as we get older for us folks that are still single out there. When we were young, we let ourselves just fall. Like falling in love was falling like being out of control. But we get a little bit older and we remember all those times that somebody hurt us or we hurt them. And all of a sudden we try to put control on top of love, putting all these rules on it. And I know everybody does it because I do it too. So I was thinking, Maybe love could be what it used to be. If love could be what it used to be, when we were young and our hearts were free, We used to fall so easily When love was what it used to be When love was an ocean, I jumped right in I didn't care if I could sink or swim Now safe on the shore I watch gulls on the wind Thinking how I used to jump right in All those were low as they were high With each broken heart I felt like I could die So tell me baby Is that the reason why We're afraid to fall In love again If a new branch grows from a fallen tree If a blind dog wags his tail at me If two old folks can dance cheek to cheek Maybe love can be what it used to be Maybe love can be 
what it used to be. Very nice. Very nice indeed. What did you think, Caitlin? I loved it. Jeff? That was great. I love it the vibe. Was. That's cool. It was chill. Jeremy Joyce, that's beautiful. That's amazing that you have the confidence to do that. Yeah, you know what? Isn't it's, it's great to sit in a little tiny little space like this and look people right in the eye and play that. Not like you're miles away from them in a stadium or in a yeah. bar with smoking. Well, there's no smoking anymore, but you know what I mean? That's pretty, and it's pretty brave to sit there and do that. True. It's, yeah, it only makes people mildly uncomfortable. I don't think we're uncomfortable, were we? <laughs> well, what, no, what no. makes it uncomfortable is if you were like, oh, yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter, and then you started singing, and it was like, ah, and you couldn't sing. <laughs> what was yeah, that would be embarrassing. You could actually sing, so like, that was really good. We haven't ever had that problem, thank yeah. God, in New Orleans. You don't get that in New Orleans. That's true. So you moved here for music? I, I honestly moved down here to spend more... I was in St. Louis at the time. I had finished up kind of like my last um, G- IT job up there, then I was like helping my buddy put together a studio and I was making a record up there. And then my sister had moved to New Orleans and you know, my mother had recently passed away at that time about six years ago. So I thought, well, I'm in St. Louis, my sister's down in New Orleans. Let me, you know, let me just go move down there and, and uh, hang out with my sister. My sister uh, was a trumpet at the time. That's, she moved down there to work for Trumpet. Trumpet um, Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I ended up moving down. And then I think probably within a couple of months, I was like pretty, I had really changed from being like a part-time musician to being a full-time musician pretty quickly because I started busking and I started like learning how to play with the swing bands. Like I started, go, went right out to Royal Street and I just. Uh, you started playing on the street in New Orleans? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that must be a fun transition. It was a little crazy. Some you make some money doing that, actually? You can, but not the bands I started out with. <laughs> <laughs> I started out with, like, a maniacal clarinetist man who had, like, some kind of personality disorder. I believe it. And, That's a great uh, band name, though. Yeah, you should yeah. go with that. maniacal yeah. clarinetist? Yes, yeah. with, a, with a personality disorder. <laughs> I was, yeah, it's weird. Musicians are, I mean, I'm, I think you get all kind of personalities and all kind of jobs, but... You, when you're like, you're when you're a musician, you can get by with a lot of issues. You know, <laughs> are there more There's issues of... in, in St. Louis uh, with musicians or in New Orleans? New Orleans just has people from everywhere, so you just get more variety. You know, and I would say that you know. Yeah, there's. I would say like there's more wildness. We down like here. issues. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like we thrive on issues That's down true. here. We do. If you don't have issues, you're boring. <laughs> but the thing with the arts is quote. that, and probably I'm sure restaurants too, is that people want great food or they want great music and they want entertainment and they're prepared to forgive you all kinds of transgressions if you're prepared to provide them with awesome food and awesome entertainment. Artists, right? Yeah. Say, so, oh, well, the guy's fucked up, but hey, you know what? Look at, <laughs> check out the song. Yeah, I actually, uh, I got in trouble on Mardi Gras this year. I, uh, I like... Trouble on Mardi Gras. That's like not even thing. I know. Well, I agree. I agree. I agreed to play music on Mardi Gras Day, which uh, I know. And then like, like in what context? Where? Like at gigs and stuff like that. Like you had to be somewhere at a certain time. I had to be places and and perform. Good point. Yeah, and uh, 
think I fell off my chair on stage and it's part also of the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't think anyone noticed. No, yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. It's all right. Did you get paid anyway? I still got paid. No, yeah, what the so. there you all go. right. Yeah. Hey, listen. We're going to stop for a moment and take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the secrets to Instagram and other social media. First of all, let me tell you about Nola pans. Are the only pans made from a fallen Audubon Park live oak tree? These one-of-a-kind, expertly crafted, limited-edition writing instruments are available at nolapans.com and I have one in my hand here Caitlin try that pen and tell me what you think wow isn't it beautiful yeah it's amazing you can write on the tablecloth here at Wayfair it is a great pen I love the and gold and basics on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue have fine lingerie and basics swimming gym right next door has a full range of fashion swimsuits workout and yoga clothes with style and the Positive Vibrations Foundation create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts music culture and heritage. If you'd like to join our Patreon family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as $1, you can become a member of our Patreon family and get exclusive stuff that uh, ordinary people don't get. And we'll be right back after this. And we're back on Happy Hour with Caitlin Carney, Jeremy Joyce, and Jeff Janusik, the king of social media in all of New Orleans. Now, I remember when you first moved to New Orleans and I met you, and you were a radio guy like me. We were both ex-radio guys. And then the bottom fell out of radio and nobody wanted to employ guys at, at all, basically. I mean, you can still get a job on radio, but you just sure. have to basically, you know, I don't know what even there is to if do anymore. change at you or something, I don't know. Yeah, there's no money. The pay got less and less. Well, I, I, I so. moved here you know, after being in radio for like 17 years and, um, you know, I, I'd gotten fed up with radio. I'd gone through the, 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 the ringer. And, um, you know, my wife's from New Orleans, so like... The story That'll goes for a lot of people, right? Right, there, yeah. right, yeah. So, like, so like let's move you to, to New Orleans. Look, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, kicking and screaming. I was all about moving to New Orleans. I love it. You know, I've been with my wife for a long time, so of course I wanted to move back here. But mm. I, I thought I'd get a radio uh, gig, and then you know, you get here, and um, I'm not going to replace the radio icons that have been around for years and years and years, and that's who makes the livable wage, right? So I quickly realized, like, well, I'm, I'm not going to support my family uh, on on a radio salary, so. I started looking elsewhere. So I started looking into digital jobs and going on interviews, and then I kind of fell into uh, uh, working with a, um, it was a non-profit, was basically trying to fix the streets of New Orleans. I pitched to uh, Which year? What year are we talking about? This is 2014, I, I moved here, and that's where uh, we, we moved to Lakeview, and um, that's where they put signs in the yard that said, fix my streets, I pay my taxes, like these big right. red signs, and that caught wind, and I called the guy behind that, and I said, hey, um, I uh, uh, would love to help you develop a social media campaign and that got a lot of attention and that led to me saying okay well I think I can do this because I, I, I basically lived on social media for radio I can help other people do this and I just started growing the business from there so so this was 2014 yeah okay yeah so when you say you did social media for radio there wasn't hardly any social media at that point to do I mean well, it was five years ago I admit it wasn't that long ago but no, I started. I started, I started radio in 1998. I right. Think. I think and the iPhone was invented in 2007. I remember when that happened, right? So, and, well, so, so there wasn't much social media going on for until. Well, by, by the time I ago? so like Facebook really uh, came around in 2005 and it didn't go public till like 2006, right? Like to available to the public. Right. So I, I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, was a major market, which is like a big like going from the like double A to like the major leagues for radio. I went from Fayetteville, Arkansas, to Cincinnati, Ohio, mm. and it was a big deal. Right? I worked for a big company, and when I got to this big company, which was it was Clear Channel, it's now iHeartRadio, yeah. right? And um, their deal was like 
we want to get attention anywhere we can so we can put ads, whether that's on the radio or that's on this thing called blogging or uh, social media is a thing now. This is 2007. So like it, the ratings were important for our radio show, but so were, were clicks. So were, what's this Facebook thing? Oh, it's 2008. Twitter's starting. What's Twitter? What's that all about? They didn't care where you would go. It was all about go to wherever the people are and get attention and get clicks. So. I mean, I really feel like I started my social media career, I mean, really in the early 2000s. We were producing videos and doing stuff like before YouTube was around. Did someone teach you how to do this or did you just figure it out? No, wing it, man. Just like, uh, and I work with great people to learn from them. And then, you know, now I, I work with, you know, different you know, freelancers and team members who can help out with that. But I would just learn from people. And then part of it was like, oh, cool. What's this um, editing software? I'm, I, I need to, I got a, a tiny little video camera at the time. You know, now a video camera might cost you 50 bucks, but at the yeah. time it was like, here's $500. Like, right. go experiment with uh, with video. And and that's what we would do. Is like, all right, so let's put some videos out. And um, like, I guess in Cincinnati, we almost got into a reality show. And <laughs> and uh, if I would have kept with, if I would have paid attention to what was going on, there was a video that we put out when YouTube first came around that got in the first day like 150,000 views, which was big at the time. And we that should would have be big today, wouldn't it? It would be pretty big today, but it should have it should have been. And it was like a um, we did a almost like a, a current events video on YouTube. We were talking about something that happened in Cincinnati that day. Right. Had we kept producing those videos every single day, we might be my, my radio partner at the mm. time. We, we might, might be, be YouTuber. YouTube stars now, right? But we we like ah, whatever. This is a, a blip on the radar. So we started experimenting with this stuff, and then it's all trial by fire. Is like. I feel like I was raised in the marketing world and then social media was learned afterwards. And, and if you have the basic marketing principles of, of how to get attention from people and, and, and know how to talk to people and all that sort of good stuff, you can figure out social media, right? No, I don't think most people can figure out social media. Here come the Frosés. The Frosés, all right. Good job. Cheers, Jeremy, to the Frosés. Good job, Caitlin. Good job, man. We're going to get a picture of that. Gonna, yeah, yeah that that's social media. Right that's right. social media oh, ready. Go. Cheers, here we go. Going to get the portrait mode on. Got that. Okay, good. See, that's the thing. is That's the key sentence that you just said here. It just seems like common sense to you, but it's not. Most people are wondering why my social media following, and with a business, I don't know whether people who have a social media like an Instagram account that has cats in it or something probably don't have the same issue but if you have a business like your business like the restaurant business or you're a musician you want to know how to get more people to follow you and how to turn those followers into customers here's the secret and it's not going to change your world but the secret is this is and i do this as a business owner i'm a business owner too the secret is this is if you're a business owner and you're trying to find a way to increase business you approach social media as another advertising channel. It's another chance to get people to come in the door. It's another chance to sell whatever it might be. So you're tempted to say like, okay, well, if we're gonna do a TV spot, we're gonna make a video that looks like a TV spot. We're gonna put a billboard up and it's gonna look like a billboard. People treat social media for their business like that. And it is not another billboard. It's not a TV, it's social media. So you can't go to Twitter and just force feed people like amazing pictures of your food, right? Or maybe it's like, I, I want people to come buy the chicken special. So here's the chicken special. You have to listen to that audience that you want to reach. So if you want to reach a certain audience and you know that people in this part of town or this demographic, you know, they live on this social media channel you have to listen to what they are into and then try to Pay attention to what. Okay, wait up. What are they into? How do you know what people? I can are answer into? one of those. Okay. Yes. They're into noodles, noodles. dumplings, <laughs> and fried food. Fried food, like it's. I would say that um, if you, for example, if you're like, for me, I find that 
if I'm like working on material, just providing like 30 seconds of something I'm working on. So for me, like restaurants, what I would find, in, I, I find behind the scenes stuff interesting in restaurants. Well, and then people. The things that get yeah. the most likes for us is if we ever have a noodle or a dumpling special, of course. <laughs> so that's then, a content bucket is like so yeah, categories, well, we right? Yeah, because we change our menu every single day. We do specials every single day. So we have constant content and it's new and it's unique. So it keeps people engaged. But I think you're right. Like, I see restaurants that don't really change their menu very often, so it's the same picture, the same thing, and that doesn't really work. You have to provide people with a reason to look and a reason to come, especially nowadays where it's like your attention span is 20 seconds, like, you're just, if that. So you, you, You're exactly right. You, you, and you have to pay attention to what, what is getting the engagement, what's in getting the likes. And here's, here's the, the, the difference with social media that, that in, in marketing, this is amazing, is... All right, you buy a billboard. A billboard, like I think the billboard in the Superdome, last I heard was like $10,000 or $15,000 a month. Like if you want to have your, um, I'm sorry, in the Smoothie King Center, right? In the Smoothie King Center. You know that big, huge, when you're driving on I-10, you see that huge, crazy, like just to have your blip on there, your three-second blip that's rotating for a month. It's like ten grand or something like that, right? So how do you know how many people drove by and actually saw it and got the message? You don't. They tell you, like, we estimate 100,000 people drive by a day. It's like, oh, great, 100,000 people see my message. But what if you've got a billboard uh, ad that's full of words and nobody can yeah. understand what it is, that sort of thing? You don't know. And you don't really truly know how many people drove by. But on mm -hmm. social media, you know exactly how many likes you get. You know how many impressions you got. The, the data, 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 whatever you call it, is is right there at your fingertips. So you can literally go back and say, we, we threw everything at the wall this month and... The, uh, the fried chicken special and the dumplings were killing it. So guess what? Every, um, every week we have to have at least one picture of dumplings or a photo of dumplings yeah. and then a video of you talking about the specials. Wow, that did really well. So you got to have that video. So like, you've got to look at those analytics. That's what really separates things. you got to look mm. at the back end stuff, right? So you were saying like for you, what works is like when you're kind of maybe playing around, noodling on stuff. Like, uh, it's, yeah, just still in the creative process, you know, just even putting up 30 seconds of something and be like, oh, I'm working on this. So that's, that's a huge clue right there. Like, do that. Like, do that. Like, and you can't fill your feet with that maybe, but maybe you can. Like, do that every other day or twice a week. And just pay attention to what you're doing. Look at what gets the interactions. Look at what... what people are paying attention to, they're telling you, we like this, right? So, you know, there's algorithms and all sort of bullshit, but at the same time, like, it's, it, people, there's humans behind, mostly, there's humans behind the social media accounts that tell you, like, this, and I think we like this. Humans want human contact. Yeah. You know, like, that's what we're, that's what we're hungry for, and that's where, like, I think when you say it's like billboard style social media posts, people ignore that. Like, if I say, please come it's to my show. If I say, please come to my show, or, you know, yeah. people, like, scroll past that. But if I say, oh, here's, like, a cool lick in, uh, in this key, people are like, oh, that's, like, a thing that I can relate to, yeah. you know, and they, and they check it out. Well, people also like to be, like, in the know. So if they, like, just saw this moment that, like, perhaps will never happen again, mm -hmm. that is a big deal. Like, if we're going to have a one night only, we're doing this thing, like, that's how you get people in and get people engaged and, like, excited because they're, because they're following you, they're getting something. Okay, yeah. so these are the people who are already following you. You're posting stuff about, what, do you, what did you say the three things are? Noodles, what else? Dumplings and fried food. And fried food. So okay. 
There's a caveat to it though, is it's not He's just nodding. because you have a thousand because <laughs> you have a thousand fans or followers doesn't mean when you post something all one thousand people right. see it. So what might happen to like say, okay, so Grant posts something, right? And I hit like on it, then Facebook will show that to three other people that are similar to all that cool you know, information that they sold to Russia that they have on me, and they'll say, okay, so here's three people like Jeff, who are Jeff's friends, so we know if Jeff liked Grant's post, then we're going to show it to three people similar to Jeff. Does that make sense? This is really how this works. Yes, and then, and this happens, like, in seconds, and and look, number one, I, I don't have the, I don't actually know, but this is how it's supposed to work, right? Our, our guess is, and then if it, if those three people share it, and then three more, so that's nine now, and then in multiple. Like if it keeps spreading, then it starts, that's how it goes viral, okay. it goes far. And it this is going up. beyond people who already like you. This is yes. beyond people who already like you. This is out into the world. Do you spend money on ads? Do you, do you boost or, or? I have boosted, and it does work in certain incidents. Yeah, exactly. But when some, like when we were talking about Yelp earlier, like when they come over and try and like get us to pay for stuff, I'm like, I don't pay for advertising because I have. So, like, I have a social media, and that's mm -hmm. the same thing. You just have to put your effort into it. We try and post twice a day because it's great. that's visibility. And that's all. You have consistency. So you have a plan. And having having consistencies or having some sort of plan, right, is, is super so helpful. posting twice a day is good. Is well, you suggest? not necessarily. It's different for everybody, and, and it, every, it, it literally is different for everybody. What I like to hear about that is... You you know what works for you, right? And you you feel like that's it's working, so keep doing it, right? So if you but to have a plan, what a lot of business owners do is they will oh, we need social media, so they'll go out and post like three things in a day, and then they'll forget about it because they got a million things to do, right. and then a week later they're like, oh my god, I forgot to post. Well, and this is why they hire you because you're actually on it. Someone oh, hires you as a to have a clear voice. Yes, and that's like all part of branding and identity, and you need to present yourself as this one entity and if you if you're getting freaked out and posting three times in one day and then not posting for a week then it does it's not consistent it doesn't make any sense right. your guests aren't well, that's really interesting. so consistency works yes and then also to knowing what your your key performance indicator is your kpi like what's your goal right so like kpi kpi key performance key, indicator we, yeah we're big on that we we you know because everything's different like do you make that up or is that in a textbook I, no, no, I, I steal everything, steal all my ideas. <laughs> um, no, uh, it, it's, you want to make sure, so like, it's great to get likes, it's great to get followers, but are you selling... Uh, more dumplings. Ten, yeah, more dumplings. Like, okay, so like, we, week one, we didn't post on social and we had, we sold 10 dumplings. Week two, we posted on social and we sold 20. Week three, we posted on social and we boosted and we sold 50, right? So then you can kind of hopefully track, and then ideally, in a perfect world, and this is almost impossible, if some, a new customer comes in, how'd you find out about us? Somebody has to ask that, Ooh. whether it's the host or the hostess or the wait, waiter, waitress, whoever. How'd you find out about us? So you, we haven't seen you around here before. How'd you, oh, I saw it on Facebook. And you have to start tracking. So you go like... Boy, that seems like a lot of work. It yeah. is a lot of work. <laughs> but it gets, you know, that's, that's, that's the well, hard part about this is you, it gets complicated quick, but at the same time, it's really just knowing where people came from and knowing whether it's worth it to invest in that sort of thing, right? People... Are People ask all the time, how do I know if this is working? Right. 
How do you know if it's working? It's I mean, other than, than what Caitlin, we'd have to ask someone if they come if in the restaurant, how did you hear about it? If you hire uh, our company, yes. it's up to us to let you know that it's working. I'm right? going to hire you. How much does it cost me? Like $10 million, man. $10 million right. a week? Just, yeah, so exactly. Totally worth yes, it. Totally. <laughs> or, or Moscow Mules. It's so, <laughs> so if I hire you, I have a company and I, I hire you, you guarantee that you're going to grow my media, my social media following or is there some sort of, or I'm just winging it and then No, so we, we, we do set goals, right? But like, okay. you know, it's hard to say. Like as a marketing company, I got to be careful about saying like we guarantee that you're going to sell 50 more dumplings, right? Because there's a lot of other things that go into selling a dumpling than just a Facebook post. So what we try to do is we say, okay, we're gonna do three posts about dumplings and we're gonna spend $50 here and the, the KPI, the, how we measure our success, is showing you that we expose this ad to 10,000 people. And then we also worked with you to develop a way to try to quantify that in the real world. So what we, we loosely say that, like we guarantee things, but you know, you can never, you can never guarantee, we, but we work hand in hand with you to try and figure out, is this working? Because if we're, you're paying us and you know, you're not seeing a return, then we totally get it, like why pay us, right? So we have to work hard. But to, this does work. It, it does work. Obviously you wouldn't be in business and you, you, you well, wouldn't have employees. Well, social media works like hands down, no matter what. That's a huge reason why we've been successful is because of our presence. Mm. Absolutely, we put a special up, like you're, we're immediately getting calls about like, Oh, are you gonna have that for dinner? Can I get it to KPI, go? KPI, there you blah. go. Like, wow. It's. How many people do you have following? What are you on? What do you use? Instagram. We use Instagram How for many? the most part. We have almost ten thousand followers. Ten thousand. I I um like a lot of restaurants in New Orleans, but I don't follow many of them, and I do follow Margie's, and like I don't know why, but. <laughs> Can you it's think like, why? Well, well, see, Jeff is all about you know um the science of social media, but I also feel like there's a je ne sais quoi, like it's... You're right. It's, it's subjective. Sort of fun it's, totally, or hip or it's totally inexplicable. Why do right. I follow Margie's Grill on... There's so many restaurants I like. I love Margie's Grill, but I follow you guys well, on Well, thank Instagram. you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great, because like, there's also, too, like, obviously, as a marketing company, we try to quantify it so we can get more clients and prove it to you, right? But, you know, as a... As a uh, restaurant owner and you're trying to get this out here I'm so looking you're looking at my yeah, right yeah, now like, yeah like well I think that what we do is like it's a feeling too it wouldn't make sense for someone else to do it right because it's like very very personal yep oh, and it changes okay. constantly and it's every day and it's Marcus and I's voice but I think that also that's probably why you follow us because every day it's a new adventure you have no idea what's going to happen we don't have any idea what's going to happen it's ridiculous but for you know, other places where every day that's a pretty much of a constant, keeping that fresh would be harder, I would imagine. And okay, I have a lot more questions about social media, but before we go any further, <laughs> let's play another song. Another song. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to know when you, we come back to talk about this, though. How, well, besides just posting stuff about noodles and dumplings and fried food. I mean, food, we don't have dumplings that often. Well, <laughs> how? Am I supposed to interact with other people as well and like comment on their stuff and make it seem like I'm interested in someone else's You don't have to do bullshit? anything that you're not comfortable with. No, but like to, get people, yes, yes. to get people to like me, aren't, I, sp aren't I supposed to do more than just talk about my noodles? Aren't I supposed to talk about your talk noodles? Talk about your Social noodles? Social media you know? is the networking happy hour. If you, if you are trying to increase your business and you go to a networking happy hour and you show up and you stand up against the wall 
and you've got you know two Bud Lights in your hand, and you just scream, "Hey, I'm Grant. Do business with me. Totally. Come over here and do business with me." Nobody's gonna come talk to you. But if you no, if you walk over with your, with your drink, right? Yeah, I know. I saw Don't you do that one time. Don't talk about your noodles. <laughs> right. You show up and you just like just casual, just talk, and then eventually, like, what do you do? Oh, oh well, I got this great podcast, and blah blah blah. Oh, cool. I want to know more about that. That's that's business, right? That's how that's how social media it should be. It shouldn't be just blasting people in your face, like saying like, come okay, by. Okay, but here's but my question is the same thing. Am I supposed to go on like Instagram and yes, spend an hour screwing around, commenting yep. on other people's stuff? Yes. So that's what I don't do. Do you do that, Caitlin? No, I don't got time for that shit. <laughs> Jeremy, do you do that? Do you just get on? Occasionally. I've actually been really slacking on all the social stuff lately. So this is what I, we need to yeah. employ you. The rule is this. Number, if somebody talks to you, just talk back to them. Like you, To go out and, and create conversations, that's a lot of work. But if just make sure if somebody asks you a question or talks to you or says, that's a great post, I really like yeah. that, yeah, just that talk back sense. to them. Hit, that's it. That's, that's, well, that's the that. right thing to do. Right. I normally see that yeah. like three weeks I'll later. I love your food. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Are you supposed to stay on? I normally see those people send messages and stuff. I see it like a couple of weeks later. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Well, you can still say <laughs> thank you. There's yeah. nothing wrong Yeah, it doesn't that. seem to do any good, though. You need to be on it. You really need to be on top of this thing. There's a system for it, man. It's just, let, let me, let me co-host more often, and I'll help you out. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Jeremy, what are you playing? I, I wanted to do something um, that was kind of visual, and, and it was like a New Orleans tune. So uh, I'm going to do one um, called uh, Lower Decatur Blues. Okay. Hey, do you have um, do you do you have a record out or anything? The record is coming. Okay. The record is. We'll coming. get onto that in a minute. Lower Decatur Blues. And- Crossing neutral ground and pass a BMC. There's a busker bucket drumming at a quarter to three. Keep your head down, but don't stare at your feet because somebody got stabbed last night. The queen of the quarter presides over court while the duke of the dark tried his hand at the sword. She ate him up just like the meat off a fork and he didn't even put up a fight. Follow the river down to the side of town where the night people go to meet. Down on Decatur where it late got later and the sidewalk stuck to my feet. Drugs in my hand, a one night stand, I got a reason to stay awake. There ain't no heart that likes to play in the dark, that doesn't know how to break. Sunglasses, eyelashes, dyeing her hair. She doesn't own a single set of underwear. She said it's gonna cost me a dollar to stare. I put my money down. Whiskey and water, bourbon and coke. I'm drinking all my money, now I'm good and broke. I'm playing chicken with my liver, trying not to choke. Don't turn that car around. Follow the river down to the side of town where the night people go to meet. Down on the cater where the lake got later and the sidewalk stuck to my feet. Drugs in my hand, a one-eyed stand, I got a reason to stay away. There ain't no heart that likes to play in the dark that doesn't know how to break. Rattle them bones, 
rattle that can. Shake a what you got to an old jug band. Nickel called a dollar, better pay the man if you want to get your thrills. Cause there's blood in the carpet, there's blood in the hall. There's blood on the seat of the bathroom stall. I'm looking at my phone for somebody to call, but I forgot to pay the bill. Follow the river down to the side of town where the night people go to me. Down on Decatur, late got later, the sidewalk stuck to my feet. Drugs in my hand, a one-night stand, I got a reason to stay awake. There ain't no heart that likes to play in the dark, that doesn't know how to break. Yes. Jeremy Joyce. What's that song actually called? Lower Decatur Blues. Lower Decatur Somebody Blues. else named it because I didn't have a name for it. And uh, it got like, I, the song isn't even recorded, but people know it, you know, because I, I, I play it a lot, you know. It's not actually a blues, is it? No. But then somebody said, play that song, play that Lower Decatur Blues. <laughs> and then I knew so it. And, and, then I knew, it? and I knew what they were talking about. So that's why I called it. That. That's a good yeah. song. Yeah, thanks, man. So um, do you enjoy playing like that? I mean, do you, are you enjoy, it's, are those lyrics funny to you when you sing them? They're not funny. I mean, I, I think I like humor. Uh, I actually like almost went, went into humor. Uh, I studied some sketch comedy. And are you going to be a comedian? I, oh, I was interested in writing comedy. Um, but I think I was always like, a, I like to make jokes and stuff like that. And I, I like phrases and so I, I don't think it's funny. I just think to me, I just Write the way that I write. You I know? think that was those lyrics were funny, don't uh, you think? No, are you, you going to go see Tenacious D in uh, New Orleans? Is that Tenacious D? Yes, I, no? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't do actually, I don't actually have a life. All I do is like, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. I, people, uh, you know, like, I can't, it's, it's crazy, but like, you know, people, I, I just don't have any free time. It's wild, you know? You but, just cheers sleeping or playing the guitar? Pretty much. Actually, I started. Doesn't sound that bad. Actually, I started, uh, well, I used to do like, tons and tons and tons of gigs but this uh, past couple uh, six months ago I started pedicabbing and turning down gigs believe it or not really yeah I started well what? I just it's a wild you're thing you're sort of going the other direction I, most people well, are going to give up pedicabbing to become a successful well I gotta musician. tell you what I felt like I was being uh, stressed so much by performing so much um, that I thought I needed to give myself a little bit of uh, and I and I was a bike messenger like 20 years ago in Philadelphia. Are you independently wealthy from your IT no, days? No, no, I'm not. You didn't save anything. I screwed up. I messed up. I totally got uh, fleeced in the um, in the crash oh, in 07. Yeah, oh, really? I totally got wiped out. So I'm not independently wealthy. I just, you know, I make it work, man. And um, are you happy doing this? I, yeah, I, I have to. I tell you what, I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm like jubilant. But if I'm not doing it, I'm sad. That would be right. weird. Yeah. yeah. Jubilant yeah. is like <laughs> yeah. not a natural way <laughs> but, to be. <laughs> I'm jubilant. <laughs> well, how do you feel? Because you, you work like a dog as well, Caitlin. I hear you 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I am exhausted, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So you're happy during this? Yes. 
I'm very happy. I'm waiting for the day that we can retire on a beach in Vietnam, but I know it's probably 20 years from now, so it's cool. <laughs> but, but are you happy every day, or are you mostly too tired to be happy, or are you just happy that it's working out? No, I'm happy. I mean, I'm, I'm living my You're dream. Fun. I'm a crea- I'm being a creative spirit. We're providing something that isn't here, and Marcus and I are doing it together. It's amazing. I like that exhausted but happy, right? Yeah. So, like, that's you find your happiness. I mean, you're a father yeah. of two. I'm sure it's the same Three. thing. Three. Three. Sorry. Very, yeah, triple <laughs> exhaust. No, but yeah, that's exactly right. Like, I, that's that's awesome that you know you you just you go where what makes you happy, right? You realize you're being st- stressed, and you decided to. Yeah, I think no more gigs. You're Betty Gabby. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I'm not no more gigs. I'm still some you know, less, yeah, gigs, less, less gigs. Less gigs. But what I got to say is that once you find your and there's a there's a bigger story to that because I think that as like an artist songwriter, you have to have. Um, Are you t- stealing content from your writers? It's gotta <laughs> not be. yet, yeah, not right. yet. It always goes back to content. But um, but you have to have a, like some free mental time yeah. in order to be able to write, and you and so anyway, there's something about being busy that makes it hard to create. Um, but what I'll say is that like it's funny about happiness because it's like you know it's not like. I'm, it's not like woohoo! I'm throwing a party, but it's like if I was doing something else, something wouldn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, Jeff, do you miss being on the radio? Yeah, t- right now I do. Yeah, this is, this is <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I, I don't miss the the BS that came with being on the radio. Like um, our, in Cincinnati, I realized like part of my gig was I had to go once a month, and I was like, you know, I'm 40 this year, and um, I was 30 at the time, and engaged. It's like, oh yeah, uh, this Saturday night you got to go host the club show, and what that involved was you go to the club, and you know, when I was 21 and just discovered Long Island Iced Tea, it's like, yeah, this is. It's like AC Slater up in the club. Right, right, exactly. So like I'm sitting, you know, I'm up at the uh, in the, the standing as the DJ, and I had like I'm like, all right, I'm here, I'm here for the next four hours. I've got to scream into a microphone live on the radio and say, come on down to Club Kiss, this is awesome. I'm Jeff, what's going on? Right, so like I'm gonna have my one Red Bull, Red Bull and vodka. And then I'm not going to drink anymore because i got to drive 20 minutes home. And it's like oh, 1 in the morning and everybody's wasted and grinding on each other. And I'm like, I just, I mean, I miss you're, my wife. You're, you're, getting, my, you're getting 100 bucks, though. I was getting like, I was getting like 300 <laughs> bucks. Like 300, not. <laughs> Wait a second. How do I get this job? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just doing okay, you know. So, like, you know, that, the, that sort of stuff. And you got, you got paid, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so then you got to go do the live broadcast at the phone store. You got to do all the right. pre- The four hours that we were on the radio and just talking and having fun, like all the prep work that went into all the planning, you, know, you just let it loose and have fun. That was awesome. Like, you never, that's what I miss. Everything else, no. Am I, am I happy with my decision to, you know, come to New Orleans and that's how I, where I started my family. I'm, be I'm, the king of social media? Yeah, yeah. You have to be happy with that. But like my kids are from, they were born in New Orleans. My wife's you from New Orleans. You have no idea right? how many people tell me that they do social media with Jeff and yep. he's like changed their whole business. I slip, I've slipped I hear something in all, your drink. That's I, what it is. I hear all sorts of, because I met you when you first came here, as yeah. I said before. You, you were, you, he was awesome meeting you. Didn't you didn't have anything to do. Nothing. And now people tell me, though, I admit this, I, this guy does our so, social media, Jeff Janusa. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know him. So what do you, how do you feel about raising, like, how old are your kids? Uh, my son's four, and then mm. my twin girls are uh, two and a half. Do you find, are there, like, a lot of other parents, like, with kids the same age? Yeah, yeah. So we, um, so we actually, I lived in Lakeview. We moved to Mandeville. We did oh, it. Like, cool. I hate to admit that, but, like, yeah. you know. Oh, wow. But at the same time, like, so we, you know, so I have an office here in New Orleans, and I'm here every day, but... 
We moved to Mandeville for. So you're a, commuting across the lake every yeah, day. Yeah, dude, I listen. I listen to your podcast on, oh, on the Causeway. So you get through a lot of podcasts. That I way. do get through a lot. I listen to a lot of hockey podcasts, social media podcasts, <laughs> and then it's New Orleans stuff. Yikes! So oh it, my um, God. You know, but it's a. Uh, we, we, there's a lot of young families where we live. I mean, it's it's great. We miss New Orleans daily for a lot of reasons. My wife and I do. But like I said, back to when I said, you know, going out to eat, we do that once a month if we're lucky. You know, so it's like we don't miss a ton right now. But anyway, it's a, like. Life is great. We're just kind of building it as we go. Right. And, you know, so like... Hey, you guys, we got to get the hell out of here now because we have to make way for paying customers. Uh, you yeah, know how right, that is. Yeah. And you've got to go back to work, I suppose. And enter- I've already entertain. started drinking. I'm off for the day. Oh, yeah. oh really? <laughs> Are you not working tonight at Margie's? You're off. Uh, yeah, I took the evening off. Oh, very nice. Wednesday in August is, is, is really Marcus, hard. Is Marcus off as well? No, he's working. So he has to cook. So you have to just go home and hang out by yourself. What are you doing tonight? We're actually buying a house tomorrow, so I have oh, to do that. Oh, Where, where, where? It's uh, on St. Anne, right by the bayou. Wow. Oh, cool. I, live on, I live on St. Peter by the bayou. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're neighbors. Right on. That's, that's awesome. Exciting. Yeah. I live in Mandeville. Well, okay, well, that's the end of that conversation. Yeah, right. We're so going to we'll ride up. We're gonna, wait, we're going to get in our kayaks. We're going to go up the bayou. We're going to go across the lake. <laughs> Come across the lake. Yeah. <laughs> Got a good spot, yeah. We're going to be ambitious. Do you, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a good spot across the lake we could come and hang out for the weekend? Because it's yeah, good to get out of town. We face the woods. That's what's nice. You know, seriously. Hey, okay, come we on. We face the woods. Yeah. Like, we are, our, our, the back of our house butts up against the woods, so I'm looking at the woods. Like, that's nice. I mean, it, it's, that's we're sounds, living in the country, right? So. That sounds nice, actually. Yeah, we, I mean, we enjoy it. We love our Do house. Do you have a gun? And, um, I have a salt gun that kills flies. Oh, really? <laughs> answer. Okay. <laughs> On that note, we're out of here, everybody. Caitlin Carney has been with us from Margie's Grill. Jeremy Joyce, singer-songwriter you can find. Can we steal your stuff on Spotify and all over the place? Yeah, there's some stuff on Spotify and, oh. that, and that new record. The new record's coming with those tunes I did. So. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. And the record's got a name or anything yet? It's probably going to be called All Night, All Night, All Right, All Right. All Right, All Right, All Night. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jeremy Joyce is the name of the artist. And Jeff Junusik, thank you so much for being here. It's been finally it's been we awesome. get to... Sit down and hang out. I'm excited. I, mean, I can't wait to listen to can, myself. Can you can come y'all? back sometime? Hey, dude, anytime. You need a co-host? I'm in. Yeah, okay. I miss this stuff. I know. Okay, well, come on back. Yeah. We'll be happy to see you. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. That's been Happy Hour. For Thank another you. week, the Thank producer you. of our show is Graham DePonte. Our music producer is Monique Pyle with help today from April Stolf. Our music consultant is Christian Andrew Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Our Facebook Live feed director is Asher Griffith. And our fact check and social media connector is Andrew Searock Searock. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. And if you'd like to be on our show and can stay upright for about 60 minutes while drinking frosés, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can also check out many other happy hours that we've made previous to this one, as well as some other shows you make around here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker, and our award-winning podcast about death called Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. Keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on our itsneworleans.com website, on our New Orleans Happy Hour Facebook page as well. These photos were taken by Jill LaFleur, and you can find more of Jill's photos at LaFleurPhoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thanks for subscribing to us. If your podcast app has a share option, try telling a couple of friends about Happy Hour. This show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, who's around the country somewhere. And if you're looking for him, you can find him at andrewduhon.com, and he'll be back here next week as well. And everyone else around the table here at Wayfair, 
and back our office of INO Broadcasting. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I will see you back here next week with Andrew Duhon for more Happy Hour. <laughs>